0: Um, turn with me to Colossians one twenty seven, and let me encourage you uh, to take notes uh, over the next few weeks. This revival, resolve, and unpacking what God is doing in, the, in our hearts. We're going to go to Scripture, and we're going to go to truth. And truth is going to set you free in the presence of God. The truth will be the living Word. will will will, will, will challenge, will inspire, but ultimately our desire is to see it transform you to step into all that God has called you to be, to look a little more like Jesus. And let me just encourage you also that at the dinner table of the Lord, there's a res- reserve spot for those that take notes, that then they have a res- reserve spot that to sit closer to Jesus if you actually take notes. just I just wanted you to know that. Got a vision of that. Colossians 1.27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentile. What are the riches of the glory of this mystery among Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Father, breathe upon this word and transform our hearts in Jesus mighty name. And everybody said, I want to talk about over the next few weeks, uh, developing depth in Jesus, developing depth in Jesus. And the first first moment we have together i want to talk about being developed in revelation and the deeper we go cuz the, the spirit of god the deep calls on the deep i got this vision as we were worshiping this vision of just some people standing on the shores of this mighty rushing river but then the it was it was uh, the uh, it, little by little uh, these people that were just standing on the shore started to join the, the army, the body jumping into the depths of the river and in the middle of the mighty rushing river. We weren't going with the tide. We were going up against the tide and there was a glorious light in the middle of the river. And Jesus is beckoning us to deeper waters. He's beckoning us into this place where what does the revival resolve look like for us? Revival and momentum, they're in interchangeable. There's a sense of God wants a momentous fire in your life. He wants a, an increase in your faith. He wants to develop you and challenge you and push you into a place that you are outgrowing the ministry that is on your life, that you are, you are in a place where you have uh, a multitude uh, of revelation to deposit and download as you disciple those around you. See, even Peter was so passionate about your growth. Uh, 1 Peter 2.2, 2, if you look to this scripture in the Amplified, it says, like newborn babies, you should Long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may be nurtured and grow in respect to salvation, its ultimate fulfillment. He goes on to say in 2 Peter 3, 18, but grow, everybody say grow. Grow. Spiritually mature in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, honor, majesty, splendor, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen, amen. So Peter wants you to grow. Peter desires, he, he's, he, he spreads across his writings in the New Testament the sense that I desire you to be developed to a deeper place that you're not to remain the same, you're not to plateau, you're not to go around the mountain, but you are to be developed in your relationship with Jesus in the true and personal knowledge of our Lord and Savior. And what, I mean, if we can get to Peter 1 to 1 3, check this out, look, look at the scripture. It says this, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle, special messenger, personally chosen representative of Jesus Christ to those who have received and possess by God's will, a precious faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and savior, Jesus Christ. Notice how he uses God and savior. So Jesus is God and savior wrapped in skin, come to humanity to save the world. Number, verse number two, grace and peace. That special sense of spiritual well being be multiplied. Everybody say multiplied. multiplied? Multiplied to you in the true, intimate knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything. Everybody say absolutely everything necessary, necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Peter is talking to the believer. He's talking to you and I not just about information, but about an experiential encounter. An encounter that in verse three says, to lead you into a true and personal knowledge of our Lord and Savior. What is he saying? The Greek word for for the knowledge in that that grasp was epignosis. The word epignosis means epi, which means meaning, uh, heading towards. Gnosis, which means knowledge. So you and I are on a journey to head towards true and authentic knowledge of who our Lord and Savior truly is in our lives, this Savior in 2 Peter 1:2, it says, This grace and peace, that sense of spiritual well-being, be multiplied to you, be multiplied. So, God is bringing up the idea of multiplication. So he's saying, in other words, if you want grace, if you want more peace, you, your knowledge has to be multiplied. If you want more unmerited favor, your knowledge has to be multiplied. And there's something powerful when you and I, not just from a Pharisee standpoint, of have knowledge to debate to with and to empower us to judge others around us, but the revelation that leads to an encounter, that leads to transformation, that leads you and I to step up to a place of multiplication. Of every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, five plus five equals 10, 5 times 10 is greater, equaling 25. 10 plus 10 is 20. 10, 10 times 10 is a hundred. Too many Christians are settling for addition and not stepping into multiplication. God wants you multiply. God wants you multiply. This is the word of God. And to me, addition is surface Christianity. For too long, the church has packaged a surface diet that's led to a soul management system and program and not allowed on the divine power of the transformative word of God to develop depth in you and I so that we look like Jesus, we talk like Jesus, we act like Jesus, and we walk this earth displaying the reality of who Jesus is. He wants us to develop depth. Develop depth, 2 Corinthians 9, 18. It says that God is able to make all grace. Everybody say all grace. All Abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Another a way of saying I want a multiplied experience. I want a multiplied experience. He is interested. He desires. He has assigned you to multiply, assigned you to be bigger, to be better, to step into greater things that God has. So how do we do this? He doesn't leave us hanging Verse three, for his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for our dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. So in other words, you already have everything you need to be the redeemed you. Everything. Everything. Some of us are still looking for that. We're like, I just need more stuff to be a Christian. I just need to get closer to Jesus. If I just had something, I could be what I feel in my heart. I've always wanted to be. This man by, man by the name of Randolph Hirsch, it was, uh, he collected paintings and he was looking for this specific painting and he, was, he sent his staff around the world. I need you to find this specific painting. Please go around the world wherever you need to go. Uh, show after show, I just need this painting. His cleaner, lo and was downstairs in his basement cleaning and came across this exact painting. The painter collector of paintings, didn't even realize the painting he wanted was in his very own basement. See, some of us are still looking. You will not look for what you don't realize you have. You won't look for what you don't realize you have because you don't know where to get it. And when you look in different places, people look for for that thing in sex. They look for that thing in money. They look for that thing in power. They look for that thing uh, in in so many ways and shapes, and they cannot offer only what Christ can offer you and me. So in other words, the sperm of a male enters an egg of a female, and there's what we call life. It's the conception of life. Problem is, is that life, it's undeveloped, but everything that baby needs is in the DNA of the conception. Adulthood is in the DNA of conception. Uh, adolescence is in the DNA of conception. You don't have to look for arms. You don't have to look for legs. You don't have to look for hair. Eventually, this, this, this sperm, this, this egg, this conception of life in its embryonic form will produce everything that's within the DNA given time and given development. The only thing that stops you from knowing the fullness of what you are capable of is development. The results of development brings out everything. That was a a TV commercial from a Prego spaghetti sauce. And uh, on one end, this person would yell, where is the tomato or tomato, 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 whatever you say where is the tomato? And the one on the person on the right would say, it's already in it. And then one person would say, where's the sausage? And then this person would say, it's already in it. Where's the oregano? And this person would say, already in it. And Jesus is saying to you today, it's, you're already in it. You're looking for joy. It's, you're already in it. You're looking for peace. You're already in it. You're looking for power. It's already in it. Productivity, meaning, purpose, happiness, a future, a destiny. You are already in it because he has given it in his divine a power and we're looking for all this stuff and how to overcome the issues of life. And, and it's like we just had Christmas and I, I don't know why they did this for money, but every single electric toy sold on the market says these words, batteries not included, right? Batteries not included. But God has an opposite way of thinking and he's saying, I've imparted to you my divine nature. I have given you my divine power. Guess what? Batteries are included. So in other words, it now goes, wow, I have no excuse to develop depth in Jesus because he's given me the good news that batteries are included. So how do we find this? How do we find this, God? 2 Peter 1, 4 to 8 says this, for by these he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises of inexpressible value so that by them you may escape from the immoral freedom that is in the world because of its of disreputable desire and become sharers of the divine nature. Now become sharers in his divine nature, this, this, this core of who we are, the very essence, the very, um, some uh, scholars say, uh, essential disposition. And uh, they they go on to break this divine nature down into obviously we are body, soul, and spirit. A body has five senses. Our soul is our personality. It's our personhood. It gives us instruction to our body, our mind, emotions, our will, ability to think, feel, and choose. We know that our bodies are decaying, but the soul is you. The deepest part of us is our spirit. Our bodies are flawed, our souls are dysfunctional due to different levels of life's experiences, sin, circumstances, things that we have allowed or things that have been happened to us. But your spirit is the essential essence of who you are and we were born with spiritually dead spirits. Born with a nature that was unable to connect with God. Unable. It's like my iPad coming into church and unable to connect to the Wi-Fi. I just can't do it. Something's blocking it. But thank God for 2 Corinthians 5, 16 that says that God gave us a new spirit, that you are a new creation in Christ. I'm speaking to believers today. If we're gonna step into a revival resolve, we've gotta develop depth. And it comes from a true and personal knowledge of Christ in our lives, that he has imparted to you. He has taken the very uh, DNA of the deity like the Holy Spirit and Mary, what the Holy Spirit did, he took all of God, all of the Trinity, and he took that, that seed, that DNA of the deity, and he placed it in the womb of Mary that she would bring forth in development the birthing of the Savior of the world. So in other words, in the same way, God has now put a DNA of deity into your life empowering you to go deeper in God, to jump into the fullness of the river. And the question now is how come I can't get there? How come I can't locate him? Why am I still a victim? Why am I not uh, uh, in, in victory? Why am I still experiencing defeat? The Bible is clear. The Bible leads us to 1 Peter 1, 23. For you have been born again. That is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. Get this, not of seed which is perishable, from that which is imperishable and immortal. That is through the living and everlasting word of God. So, in other words, I want to impart a new nature to you, but that nature looks like a seed. A seed is not fully grown. It's undeveloped. And the only way you can come to discover this brand new life, this life of love, this life of power, this adventure that we have deemed Christianity, it's only when there is development in our walk with Christ. Uh, It's not alive yet. It hasn't hasn't fully grown, but it's still growing. We're not experiencing the fullness of God because we're satisfied with the seed form. Are you satisfied with, thank God I got this seed. I'm going to take this seed everywhere with me on this earth. It's going to be awesome. And I'm just going to go to church with it. I'm going to tithe with it. I'm going to hold this seed. And I'm just going to, it's going to be amazing. See, your soul needs the development of the seed of the spirits. Your soul is crying out, I need my spirit man, the very core of who I am, my divine essence to rise up in the seed form and challenge the soul, the the soul that's dysfunctional, the soul that wants to reap the the benefits of the flesh, the soul that wants to give in to temptation. But you and I need the spirit of God, the seed of our spirit to say, I'm gonna be developed, I'm gonna go deep and I am gonna resolve... Resolve to not stay the same. It's in seed form. And this is why, think about it. Without the Spirit of God, last week we anointed. If you didn't get anointed last week and you've just come first time of the year, come down the front as the ministry team comes up at the end, we'd love to anoint you. And fill you with the Spirit of God. But without the Spirit of God developing the seed, the imperishable, eternal seed of who God is within you and I. We rely on soul management programs. We rely on, on just better coffee out in the lobby. If we, maybe if we can include chocolate cake, that'll bring more people. I was gonna say uh, offer the church uh, Denver Broncos tickets, but that's not gonna work. I'm sorry for you Broncos lovers. I'm praying for a revival to break free next year. See, God is not interested in soul management. God is interested in soul transformation. He's not interested like the pharmaceutical world to put everything in front of you just to band-aid the issue. I'm not doubting the medical world. I'm not at all. I believe God has raised up incredible doctors, but God is about soul transformation. And he's saying to us today, I've invaded your being with the potential of the seed of the spirits. What do you think the the unlimited potential actually is? So how do we we get this seed working? Uh, 2 Peter 1, 4 to 8, after it talks about being imparting the divine nature, it goes on in verse five, it says this. 2 Peter 1, 5, for this very reason, applying your diligence applying your diligence. So in other words, you need to take this seriously. You need to be of the utmost uh, of leaning in and take this application of what God is doing, the development so seriously to the divine promises, make every effort in exercising your faith to develop. So apply your diligence, exercise your faith, develop moral excellence and in moral excellence knowledge, Insight and understanding and in your knowledge, self-control and in your self-control, steadfastness and in your steadfastness, godliness and in your godliness, brotherly affection and in your brotherly affection, develop Christian love that is learn to unselfishly seek the best of others and to do the things for their benefit. For as these qualities are yours and are increasing in you as you grow towards spiritual maturity, they will keep you from being useless and unproductive in regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ." So there's a sense of applying your diligence, exercising your faith, saying, God, I'm resolving right now. I don't wanna be useless. I don't wanna be unproductive. I don't wanna be an audience. God never called an audience, he called an army. He called us to step into a place of revival, resolve. And you and I, it starts with being developed in the true and personal revelation and knowledge of who our Lord and Savior is. I'm not talking about knowing church. I'm not talking about knowing the greatest speakers out there. I'm not talking about knowing the names of the, the writers of the greatest songs that we sing from this platform. I'm talking about knowing your Lord, knowing your Savior, knowing your shepherd, knowing his voice, adhering to it, submitting to him following him loving him glorifying him worshiping him uplifting him and saying jesus i resolve to know nothing but christ and him crucified this is my resolve this is who i am this is what i desire Oh, the church, the church, the church of of revival is rising up. The church of Pentecostal fire is rising up. The the church that has has deemed this place just Jesus is on on the move. I'm telling you, church, you, me, sons and daughters of God, we can be developed this year. We can grow this year. We can step into a depth. Ephesians 1.17 says this. And Paul knew. Paul knew something. I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him, for we know the Father through the Son. Let's put our hands towards heaven. Holy Spirit, right now, your truth has already opened up doors. It's already cultivating the soil of our hearts, and Lord, seeds have been dropped. Right now, Holy Spirit, would you grant us Would you bestow upon us a greater wisdom and revelation to to lead us past religiosity and into a place of intimacy, a true and personal knowledge of you. God, that you'd awaken our time with you on our knees in prayer. Lord, you start to to teach us the realms of the spirit, start to teach us the realms of the heavenlies and how to move and operate, how how to operate in the glory and see greater things manifest, see our praise actually activated and answered. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, that your word would come alive to us, that your word would be ever living as we do this. So Lord, impart this revelation to us right now in Jesus' name, the glory of this mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. My only point today is this. We start developing depth in our revelation about living in Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Revelation means the divine or supernatural disclosure to humans of something related to human existence of this world. So there's a disclosing to the the secrets, to the mysteries of heaven to the beautiful mystery of, the, of this to the Gentiles of Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we all want the inspiring preach. We all want the, the well, yes, I love that. I've never heard that before. But until we get this, this imperishable seed, this divine nature, which we find all those seven things in, in 2 Peter uh, uh, 5, those, those things that are broken down to us, moral excellence. How many know that this world needs moral excellence? I mean, when we see 210 out of 220 of the house votes for uh, abortions that fail, that they can kill them again, come on, we need moral excellence and we can't find moral excellence until we find it in Christ. In Christ, we'll give you a perspective. And de- 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 perspectives develop. The Perspectives are powerful. And too many Christians have a biblical worldview we don't need a, just a biblical worldview. We need an in Christ worldview. We need a sense that agreeing with what Peter said in Acts 17, 28, for in him, we live and move and have our being. In him. How do we live in Christ? How do we live? How do we, how do we go to this place? Well, first thing you gotta understand is you're not trying to get into Christ. You're not trying to get in there when you're already There. The Bible mentions the word Christian three times, but it mentions in Christ over 70 times in the New Testament. In Christ, this is where we are to live and abide and move. In Christ is what God wants to do in and through our lives. Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament, and uh, he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and he was persecuting Christians. Didn't even realize, but when Jesus encountered him, he said these words, why are you persecuting me? So in other words, he took the persecutions of his people and he brought it to himself. Paul had a revelation, discovered that Christians are in Christ. God is not uh, someone I try to connect in or connect with. It's someone that I live in. It's who I have my being. And Paul could have challenged them with all the great soul management principles. He could have challenged them with the commandments. But Paul preached only Christ. How much more does the church need to preach Christ? Christ and him crucified. That through him we were crucified. That through him we were buried. But we didn't just stay there. But we were resurrected. And we were brought into the newness of life that God had for us. And it's in seed form. It needs to be developed. But we can only be developed when you have a revelation of living in Christ. Sometimes I feel good or I, 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 God is like, well, I so far away. I haven't heard his voice. I just need him to be qu- uh, closer. Paul's saying, you don't need him to be closer. You're already in him. You need to be more aware of his nearness. If he never leaves you nor forsakes you, he's not st- he hasn't stopped spoken to you. He wrote everything in his word to get your attention to see what he is developing. In our culture today, the church is so confused and it's, it's, it's stifled the intimacy with, we have with our Lord Jesus Christ because we don't have a revelation and understanding. Genesis 2.15 says this, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. So in the very beginning, see God did not create birds until he created air. God did not create fish until he created water. He did not create man until he created the earth and the garden. So God always creates environments before he creates beings. See, you and I, when we birth, bring children into the world. When we, have, when we, we prepare, we actually buy the crib before the child is actually here. In the same way, God built the garden of, for Adam, for Eve, but Adam and Eve were eventually, because of their decision, because of sin, were kicked out of the garden. See, God now then had to come up with a plan. He had a plan to not bring us back into Adam, but bring us into Christ. Okay, you need to hear this. Before God places you into Jesus, he has to get you out of Adam. How does he get us out of Adam? See, Jesus had to die for you humanity. Jesus had to take care of the debt, the bill that we owed, that he had to take care of the payment, the blame, the penalty. He had to take and give his life on the cross. But where a lot of Christians don't understand is that something else took place on the cross, that he took the old me, that old spiritually dead uh, the nature of me that was born in Adam. He took that nature and he put it upon the cross with Jesus. And I'm gonna crucify the old you. You're gonna step into the new me. Romans 6, 6 says this, knowing this, that our old man was crucified. Everybody say crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer, everybody say no longer, be slaves of sin. Oh, I don't have to be slave of lust. I don't have to be a slave of greed. I don't have to be a slave of poverty. I don't have to be a slave of the, of the temptation of this world. No, Jesus not only died for my sin, but I died with Jesus. We're rejoicing for the simple gospel. We're clapping for the simple gospel. We're coming back to a place of gratitude because God got me out of Adam through death. God is saying you were birthed into Adam, but sin separated you from God. Now, God, I wanna take your old man and I wanna nail it to the cross with my son, Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 4 says this, therefore we are then buried with him through baptism and death, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. So not just crucified, now we're buried with him in death so that we can walk. How many Christians are so not walking in the newness of life? How many things have you been dealing with for the last 10 years that you just keep going around that same mountain? Same mindset, same unforgiveness, same conversations, same, same. you look the same as you, you did back in high school, but God's saying no, every person that is dead must be buried. Every person, and it changes the perspective of the cross. He's not just dying for you, you're dying with him. We are now in Christ in this newness of life. And we're now in this place where the, the old Adam wants to come back in. The old Adam wants to come and and reset and take over and, 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 and pulls back to where we were. But then we can now say, guess what? The password's changed. Somebody's changed the locks. You can't get in here anymore. This ain't me. That was the old me. That old me was crucified on the cross, was nailed there, was put into the grave, was buried, but didn't just stay there. Come on. 1 Peter 1.3 said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. What? Through. What? The resurrection. What? Of Jesus Christ from the dead. I am now been raised to life with Jesus Christ. Come on. If that's not the good news, then we'll never step into our revival resolve Once we get passionate about the good news, men will get passionate about sharing the good news. We'll get passionate about telling our neighbors, knocking on their door. You don't have to remain crucified. you don't have to remain buried, but through a living hope we have now been raised with Jesus. We're now a branch in his vineyard. First Corinthians 1:30 says this, if I can have the, the keys out, just the keys. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says this, but of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Let me understand. Let God understand this. The work of God is to place you in Christ. Every spiritual blessing is in Christ. Transform transforming your life developing depth in your life is not just necessarily in a book written by a Christian author. God uses teachers but it's in Christ. The revelation came and was birthed for a rhema word now for his body for his people to move forward and advance the kingdom of God on this earth in this hour for such a time as this the work of God to place you in Christ. It's not because of you. It's not because of your attendance. Not because of your tithe. Not because of your devotion to prayer. Muslims are devoted to prayer. Buddhists are devoted to prayer. Come on, we cannot pray without being in Christ. Our prayers don't get us closer to Jesus. It's Jesus that gets us closer to him. Change the dial. Flip the switch. It's in Christ more than an innocent Jewish man who died. This man named Jesus, has our revelation has to be that Jesus is the son of the living God. He wasn't just some prophet. He's not just one, one of the gods that will get us somewhere. No, he is the son of the living God. He was manifested in the flesh, the second part of the Trinity, to come and die so that we could die with him. Come and be buried so that we could be buried with him say, I can clean the old nature of Adam. No, I have to kill the old nature of Adam so that you can step in to this abundant life. And it's in Christ, in Christ. 1 John 5.11 says this, and the testimony is this, and God has given us eternal life. We already possess it. And this life is in his son, resulting in our spiritual completeness an eternal companionship with Him. He who has the Son, by accepting Him as Lord and Savior, has the life that is eternal. He who does not have the Son of God by personal faith, does not have the life. Too many Christians want the life and then the Son. My my wife didn't marry me for the lifestyle of a multi-billionaire. It'd be amazing if it was most Christians want the life because we've preached everything but Christ and Christ crucified we've swallowed the pill we've gone down the rabbit hole we're still offended we're still managing our soul and our dysfunction, we're still broken we're not free, we're not tasting and seeing I'm not seeing the miracles, I'm not leading people to Jesus, why? because you haven't let the power of God put you in the sun because when you're in the sun then you discover you have life you, you start to discover the richness of a true and personal knowledge that begins to manifest. And too many of us, Christians, have bought into this. It's like salvation is a escape from hell card. And if I, I'm going to carry this card around with me, and I'm going to carry it. And guess what? If I do this, I'm going to fear losing it. Or hold on to it. I'm not going to. Jesus gave me escape to hell, escape from hell card. And the reality is because you haven't let the seed of the spirits uh, unlock the divine nature to to grow you and develop you and put you in a place. It's not about losing your salvation. Come on, you don't don't pray a prayer and and all of a sudden find salvation. Salvation is in Jesus Christ. Salvation is in him. We don't try to get into salvation. We just abide. In John 15, he didn't say get into me. He said abide in me. If you just simply trust and abide in me, guess what? Then you will find salvation for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have eternal life how do we abide it's the simple password the simple passcode just believe just believe I believe Jesus nailed cancer to the cross and I believe with all my heart the blood is more powerful any sickness on this earth I believe it's not because I've studied with some of the greatest theologians in the world it's not because I was in the matrix and they just downloaded it into my heart no I believe could it be that easy could it be that, more, that profound yet yeah, Christians we want to complicate it we want to we want to build up this gospel that is hard and unachievable it is unachievable in our own might, in our own strength, but because of Jesus and what he's doing, all I simply do is believe that I'm in him and that when I'm in him, I lay hands on the sick and they're healed. When I'm in him, I pray for the, the, that demon to flee and the demon flees. When I'm in him, I choose a spouse. And when I'm in him, I fulfill purpose. When I'm in him, to let Jesus develop you into a greater depth, a revelation. And when we go to the Word, Jesus, stop, I'm gonna stop praying like this. Jesus, help me to help me to connect with you. Help me to draw closer to you. No, 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 stop. Jesus, teach me to live through you. Teach me to live in you. Teach me to abide. Holy Spirit, am I abiding? Oh, man. I, trauma I'm in my old flesh I'm in my Adam nature that's not no no come on I'm in now in Christ power of God is now rest putting me in a place where I'm just I just am let that be a resolve put your hands towards heaven. Holy Spirit Jesus We just breathe you in we breathe you out I just I just feel the Holy Spirit saying that there's a there's a rest coming to your believing. There's a simplicity, a childlike faith coming to the foundation of of the core of who you are. That God is beginning the growth process. The seed is in the soil and he's speaking life into that seed. That seed is starting to be developed. The seed of your spirit. You're gonna start to see in the next coming days and weeks things that you struggled with. Anger issues. Doubt issues, dancing with discipline. I feel like there's there's things that are just gonna there's gonna be an ease. When the, when the Bible says that in Christ there is no guilt, there's no condemnation, there's no shame, so we can rest in the fact that man, where eyes are fixated upon Jesus, it was never about my perfection. It was always about my submission. The Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That in Christ, I can just discover the adventure that all things are possible. That God desires to multiply, bring spiritual blessing after blessing, revelation after revelation, wisdom after wisdom. So Lord, today we commit to you, to this revival resolve, to be developed by the greatest teacher in the universe. His name is Holy Spirit. To be challenged, to be convicted, to allow our flesh to be crucified, to our flesh to be buried. Lord, so that we can be raised into the newness of life. This living hope that you've given us, the good news of humanity. Lord, there's always a way. You made the way. Right now, in Jesus' name, just breathe upon that those seeds. For the next 60 seconds, in your own words, just begin to thank Him, just begin to honor Him. Maybe some of us, you just need to say, I'm sorry, God. I wanna step into the fullness of all you have for me. I wanna step into the true and personal knowledge of you. in revelations 3:20, behold i stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come into him and eat with him and he with me he's standing at the door of your heart today he's knocking will you answer i don't know where your journey has been led you to i don't know how you got here if you just accepted an invitation my friend do you truly truly know that you've put your trust? Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior do you truly truly know that you are saved That in him you are healed you're delivered that you're that you've tasted salvation that you truly believe the cross and what he did that day on Calvary that you truly three days later believe that he was rose again That he's risen he died for you he died for me He is the hope of humanity. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking. Maybe years ago you gave your heart, but now you're recommitting. Maybe this is the first time that you've ever made the decision, but every eye looking this way, we want you to make a bold decision to profess God before man right in this moment. On the count of three, if that's you, I just want you to simply raise your hand and say, yes, I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Online, just comment, let us know, text someone. I'm count on the count of three. One, two, three. Just raise your hand if that's you. Say, Pastor Aaron, please pray with me today. I want to know Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you, God. Lord, we just praise you, Father, for revelation that you would so privilege us by imparting wisdom and revelation, opening up our hearts to greater things greater understanding and knowledge of you that brings to absolute transformation so that we can live and breathe in you and become like you so we praise you for what you're doing in jesus mighty name and everybody said come on can we give god a shout of praise